Social Strategy Podcast, episode number 28. Welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business, and good old-fashioned networking. And now your host, who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And this show is a follow-up, a part two to podcast movement. I had the pleasure of speaking with Evo Terra right after his keynote and then uh, in the bar. And I'm like, you know, I walked to someone, I was like, dude, I don't know if you're right about podcasts not being a movement. And so we had a nice little discussion there. And uh, Evo agreed to come on the show and talk a little bit more about it. Uh, make his point, and you'll see that he convinced me a little bit more <laughs> after he made his point. It was an awesome conversation with Evo. I'm going to get right into it, and I'll see you guys on the back end. Hey, everybody. This is Vernon Ross, and welcome to the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, and good old-fashioned networking. And today, guys, we are back from Podcast Movement 14. Woo-woo. You know, it was interesting. It was a fun show, and um, I got to meet a lot of interesting people. Had no idea I was going to be doing a podcast this quickly after coming back, but thankfully, one of the keynotes was kind enough to give me some time, jump on the podcast, share some thoughts, and we can, we're can we going to disagree a little bit back and forth, and so I, hopefully you guys will enjoy it. The guest today is Evo Terra. Really interesting background. I mean, he's been doing this podcasting thing since 2005. He's been, in, been around in the digital strategy world since like 02. He's published like five books on Amazon, a bunch of podcasting for dummies books, which I'm sure if you're in podcasting, you've probably picked up and had no idea that he contributed to them. And even found like a version of it in German. Evo's like just pretty amazing. He runs Big Bounce and PatioBooks.com, which is like a free audiobooks version of an audible per se that focuses on like sci-fi and things that other authors do and it's all free so you guys should definitely check it out and i'm going to link to it in the show notes evo welcome to the show man thanks vernon good to uh good to be here with you and uh, i've got my boxing gloves with me so we can throw <laughs> hands all right so you know you gave you gave an interesting talk and you changed it at the last minute from you know it's just some of the stuff that i i read you know in your google plus profile and twitter you had a thing planned and then you you changed it why did you why did you change it what did you have planned and then what did you what did you change it to well it wasn't a giant it wasn't a giant giant change um i've been doing this public speaking thing for a while now and i'm pretty good at making sure that I'm – I've got everything planned up beforehand. Um, I have had the occasion to where I've been walking into what I assumed was a panel and been told that I was actually a keynote. Awesome. Um, so that's been fun. So I definitely have have presented on the fly, but but not this time around. Uh, really, it was just the ending. Um, I, I really wasn't totally thrilled with the message that I was going to leave people with because you characterize the talk as, as interesting, and it was a little bit of a Debbie Downer when I first had it done. Um, but I, I, I kind of noodled on it and I knew I wasn't happy with it and I thought I might make a change and then uh, it kind of came to me the way that I wanted to, uh, to to modify the ending. But but a slight 
slight tweak. That's, that's not counting the two or three other times that I said, "Oh, I I should add something about this and little small change." And that's what happens when you when you pr- perhaps uh, when you rehearse and practice over and over again. Some things come to mind that you want to do differently. Right, right. So you know, I, I think the theme that a lot of people gathered from your keynote was that podcasting is not a movement, and I sort of agreed and sort of disagreed. So could you go into a little bit of why you think podcasting in itself is not a movement? Because I don't think people – some people didn't get it as I was talking to people after the discussion. Sure. Uh, happy to uh, to dig into that. So you know, my talk was called Podcasting uh, Disruption 10 Years in the Making. As as you mentioned, I've, I've been podcasting a long time. Actually, my, my very first podcast came out on October 14th, 2004. Yes, I can recall the exact day because I'm that big of a nerd. Um, so I've, I've been at this literally since the beginning or, or close enough to the beginning. To, uh, it started in, in June or July of 2004 and I was doing it in October. Um, so I've been at this a long, a long time. And now, you, as you mentioned earlier, I, I'm the chief disruptive officer at Big Bounce, a company in Tempe that helps disrupt Disruptive startups learn how to become a real company, and nowadays I'm focused on disruption. So it's, for me, it was the perfect time to talk about disruption and podcasting uh, with the overall message of not that podcasting isn't a movement, which I clearly said, and I would totally promise to get to that one, but leaving people with the idea that go out and be disruptive. Use this technology that is podcasting to go do something disruptive. To get there, uh, I was interviewed on the PodMob show, and Jared asked me a month or so ago if I thought if, if I thought podcasting was a movement. Uh, and since the name of the conference, I said yes. But as I, as I got to thinking about it, I, I didn't really feel that it had the tenets of what a, a movement really is. And so I brought several examples of what are movements uh, to the table, you know, things like homeschooling, uh, things like feminism, which clearly are, are movements. Um, but for podcasting, I, I still stand by my statement that it's not a movement because we're not all going in the same direction. We don't have lobbyist groups and other things that are looking out for our rights. They're really not being infringed. For many people, podcasting, it actually may change that for most people. And I use that word selectively. Most people that are podcasting are doing it for fun. There are a significant vocal minority who are doing it for profit. Uh, as well. Some of those are the professionals, like professional radio people, are getting into podcasting as a new distribution method. And there's a whole wave of podcasters, much as we had originally um, back in the day, that are taking the medium of podcasting and finding interesting ways to monetize that. But we're not all lockstep. It's very widely distributed. We do things for very different reasons. And since we're not all that cohesive, in my opinion, it's not a movement. Which, you know, when you put it like that, it it kind of makes sense. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, here's the deal, Vernon. I didn't really, I didn't really have that answer. Like when I when I answered it to to, to Jared, I just kind of gave him a spot answer. Sure, podcast movement is coming up. Of course, it's a movement. And then I said, well, is it? So, to, so I had to source. I mean, I, it's not like I sit down and judge things movement or not every single day. <laughs> so I really had to walk through some things of what do we think of movements? What what are things that we classically call a movement, and what attributes do they hold together? What what's what's common amongst them? And I and I just didn't find it in podcasting. But but the, remember, the main focus of my talk was so what? Right. Who cares? that it's not a movement, right? You can still go out and do interesting and awesome and amazing things. The world doesn't need a pile of brand new movements. It doesn't need one brand new movement. It, it doesn't have to be. So just keep on keeping on, movement or not. Yeah, I think podcasting is uh, very disruptive, and it can be. 
I think I podcasting has been disruptive in the past, and and I think that some people have done some very disruptive things with podcasting. But see, when it comes to disruption, I've got an even more uh, solid argument on that one because I've got three tenets of disruption: the podcast, uh, excuse me, a disruptive um, technology or a disruptive thing has to go after a stable marketplace, and and that's where podcasting falls down. Exactly, what are we disrupting? Radio. Take a look at the top-rated uh, shows in iTunes. They're all radio. Yeah. So we, we, if, if the disruption has happened, it already did. It happened back in around 2006 and seven when all, everybody jumped into our sandbox. And so the disruption of just having a podcast, doing the activity of podcasting, has happened. We're post-disruption. The wave has passed. So what I want people to do is I want them to go find things that they can do with this technology of podcasting to find a way to be disruptive. Use it to push things forward forward, totally change the marketplace by doing something disruptive with the technology of podcasting. But just getting behind a microphone isn't in and of itself disruptive any more than sending a text is disruptive. Right. So, you know, what would you tell a, um, a new podcaster who's just starting out that, I mean, they, they want to do something with this technology. Mm-hmm. How, how do you become disruptive with your podcast? Let's just say you're not talking about necessarily controversial things but you want to have a very successful podcast and that may eventually be able to become an income source for you how would you do that well you've asked for three different things you said i want to be disruptive um i want to do something interesting um and i want to make money those three things are not they're not the same nor are they mutually exclusive so i think first off is you need to figure out what it is you want to do and if your goal is to make money then the easiest way to make money is follow a path that is tried and true lots of people at podcast movement talked about making your show as professional as you possibly can that's one thing because people have come to expect a certain level of quality when they're listening to programs um there are others who have found monetization models for podcast So follow those. If your goal is to make money, follow the people who have made money before because there are plenty of people since 2005 who have found a way to make money with podcasting. So do that. If you want to do something interesting, then that's much more of a follow your passion. Follow the thing that you're interested in and try it. But also try a lot of things. Don't be afraid to give up. I'm a I'm the king of pivots. I will try something. And if it's not working out in a matter of, depending on what the time frame is, you know, weeks, months, days, years, sometimes, I'll drop it and move on to the next thing or find some way to modify that uh, until it's giving me what I want. Because if you want to do something interesting, that needs to be personally interesting to you as well as to your listenings. And then finally, if you want to do something disruptive, here's the trick about finding something that's disruptive. No one's figured it out yet. The way you identify what's disruptive is you look at the marketplace you're going up against and figure out who the underserved minority is, who's having to go this way but would really rather not go this way, do, do the services that are out there in the marketplace, follow those rules. What are they not getting out of the existing system and find a way – to satisfy those needs and grow forth further. So there are all three different approaches that you would take. Sometimes they might overlap, but there's a lot of those cases where the Venn diagram never winds up. Those three things are distinctly different options. So with that, I think that I think that people are going to want to know, like you know, who who is Evo Terra? Tell us a little bit about you that I didn't really go over in the in the brief introduction. I want to know a little bit more about you know what makes you tick. 
you're the chief disruption officer at Big Bounce. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a startup uh, incubator, sort of. Yeah, sort of is the exact right way to say that. <laughs> it's really difficult to describe what we do. As, as I say, we help disruptive startups learn how to become real businesses, um, but we do a lot of other services too. So, so you asked for for a quick background, you know, and and, sure. and I guess what you're trying to get to is so who the hell should listen to this guy? Which is a valid question. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so a real valid question. So I, you know, podcasting related. You, you mentioned most of the things I've, I've been doing in a long time. I I was the co-author of of. Podcasting Podcasting for Dummies and the subsequent versions that have come out. Um, I've managed Podiobooks.com, a blending of audiobooks and podcasting. So, so there's an example of, of using podcasting to disrupt something. <clears throat> Excuse me. We were disrupting the audiobook uh, industry with, with Podiobooks.com and the technology of podcasting. And that's been going on for 10 years, 678 titles. We push out about 1.5 million episodes every single month. So if you're running a podcast network, um, see if your number are that high. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. There you go. That, that's what it takes to run a podcast network to get some some reasonable numbers out of there. And of course, there are networks that totally beat me. But um, but that and and remember, this was all done for free. Everything on Podiobooks.com is 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 free of charge, free for the authors to list their book, free for people to listen to it. So just have fun. So that's the end of my sales pitch. Outside <laughs> of that, outside of that, you know, being being in radio since the early two thousands and and moving forward. Um, in I've I've almost always with the exception of a two-year stint, I've always kept a day job while I've been doing all of these various things. So I don't, I don't have to go find something that's going to make me a ton of money immediately because I've always had jobs and I've always had good paying jobs. It's not like I'm waiting tables somewhere, which is nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I've had jobs of, I was a VP and managing director uh, of an advertising agency. Uh, I was a VP of media and innovation for a second advertising agency. I was a VP of marketing for a financial startup. So I've, I've done a lot in business over the several decades that, that I have been doing this. And, and in all of those cases, I've been the guy on the fringe. My job has always been to be the naysayer, the guy that brings up the questions when too many yes men or yes people to be PC these days are in the room together. I see my job as trying to make sure we don't go down the wrong path and that we're considering all possible options. So you'll rarely find me jumping on the, yeah, let's do that bandwagon, and more on the, why shouldn't we do that? That typically becomes the answers I do, and and that's what I do in business every single day. Helping people, helping the people that I work for and work with figure out what not to do is every bit as much of my life as figuring out cool ways to do fun stuff. Wow, that is interesting. Um, Yeah, I can see why you're a disruptor. (laughs) (laughs) It does seem the perfect job for me. Yeah, you know, it takes that though, and and I, I think a lot of people don't look at business that way. If you if you talk about specifically online business, you know, what should I not be doing in my yeah. business? How should I not be marketing to people? How should I not be delivering my message? How should I not be podcasting? Because I mean, quite honestly, there are a lot of people out there doing it really, really wrong. You know, there's no one right way to do anything, but there are myriad wrong ways to do things. <laughs> so I, I I like to give people very simple choices. Or there's a something called the tyranny of choice. If you have too many things in front of you, you just do not know what to do. And a lot of choices really make make no difference one one way or other. And I'll give you an example of that from, from the podcasting life. So um, patiobooks.com, as I mentioned before, is free to list your book if you're an author. And I, I don't care 
what the content of your book is. I don't want hate stuff on there, so that that obviously we take care of that. Mm-hmm. But anything else, you know, quality of recording and 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 quality of writing, even more important, is really somebody else's job to worry about. I mean, if a, if you wrote a book and you've recorded it and put it up on the site and it sucks, nobody listens to it. No, no one's really no one person damages potentially the author's reputation for for doing that. But I have to keep standards of, of the technical aspect of the file. So as, as you know, Vernon, when you create an MP3 file, you got lots of choices. Mono, stereo, joint stereo. What bit rate should I use? What's my, um, you know, how many kbps's am I looking for? Right, What's right. the sample rate I'm looking for? How should I ID3 tag? All these things that there are a lot of ways to do it. Well, I've picked a way for everything on patiobooks.com to do. I pick the file name format. I pick the exact specifications, which for the podcasters out there, it's 44.1128 and joint stereo. Um, and I pick the tag, the ID3 tag uh, convention that they will follow. And an author has to meet those specifications. Now, the reality is anything probably would work, but I need them consistent for, for lots of reasons internally. And you have to do all these things anyhow. You might as well do it this way. So I just want to remove one more choice out of people's lives. And, and sometimes getting rid of those silly choices is a good thing. You know, there's a thing going around the net for the last couple months ago, uh, couple months or so, and it's been all about follow the Mark Zuckerberg fashion advice. And that is, you know, <laughs> okay. buy the exact same outfit. So you never, ever have to think about what will I wear today? Okay. That's kind of an extreme version, but, I, but I get it, you know, for many people that, that aren't trying to make a statement about the way they look, um, then that makes perfect sense just to do something as simple as that. So I, I think that's going a little bit too far, obviously, but there's a lot of choices out there. And sometimes you just need someone to tell you there's lots of ways you can do this one. Just go ahead and do it this way because it's, it's you might as well yeah save you the trouble and it's it works it's proven why not follow success exactly right don't spend your brain time working on stuff that that doesn't really matter at the end of the day right 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 so you you've got a lot of different things going on as far as the net is concerned and of course you've got a an amazing amount of followers on google plus so it wouldn't be the social strategy podcast if we didn't talk about social media strategy sure. Seven hundred thousand plus people follow you on Google Plus. How'd you do that? So I was on Google Plus from day one, <laughs> actually, um, literally day one. I can remember I was I was on the phone. This is back when I was at my, my last agency job. And I was talking with one of our clients, one of the few clients that really, really got it. So I, I dug talking to this guy. He, he just, I, w- I, was, I was talking with a peer, not a client who was, who was going to ignore my information. Anyhow, I mean, this guy was, was just like me. <laughs> and so, say that? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was in the middle of a conversation with him. And actually, he had me leading a, a, a little phone seminar. There was like 18 other people on the phone that I didn't know. And so when he's introducing me, he says, and I'm going to have um, Evo talk about Google Plus as well. I had no idea what the hell he was talking about. I thought he was talking about the plus one button that Google had released probably six, maybe three months before that. And so, but, but, I, but I knew that wasn't it. So as I'm talking, I'm typing on my computer to one of the guys that were next to me, and I said, figure out what the hell this Google Plus thing is. So, <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm a relatively decent bullshitter, and so I managed to do that to get, to get through you know, I, I, a very high-level talk, and I'm, we're out of time. We can talk about more next time. And immediately set up an account that day and, and, and jumped onto it. Um, several of my friends 
that I had that I had discovered. And this is an unusual thing, right? So the people are already cringing as soon as I said that. When I first joined Google Plus, several of my friends were already on there. Yes, I know. If you are a Facebook user and you've joined Google Plus, you say none of my friends are on here. Well, I have cooler friends than you do. Um, I have friends who are on the advanced guard of doing this stuff. So astronomer friends of mine, skeptical friends of mine, publishing friends of mine, we were all trying it out at the same time. And what we discovered about Google Plus is is that Google Plus is a social network. It's really a social layer, but we'll call it a social network of interests. So people who follow me are interested in the things I talk about. And the things I talk about typically are disruption, surprise, right. craft beer, um, space and science-y stuff, uh, and then publishing a little bit less these days than I used to. So those are the primary topics that I talk about. Um, and, I've, and I've stayed very much on focus. And, and the people that I follow tend to fall in those areas too. I don't, I don't worry about following my great aunt on Google+. I got her on Facebook. I'm good. I can see all the grandchildren as much as I want over there. But on Google+, it's a place where I go when I want to follow my interests. And people do the same thing for me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. Uh, I was looking, just looking through your Google Plus stuff. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Wow, that's a lot of people following you. You had to be one of the like first people on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, okay, yeah. this, is, this is cool. So you mentioned sci-fi. What about what about sci-fi? What's your favorite sci-fi thing right now? Oh man, science fiction to me. I mean, that's how I got into podcasting um, because the first show that we, the, the radio show that I was doing prior to podcasting, we were interviewing science fiction authors. Um, so uh, me and Sci-Fi have a long history from back when I was a kid, and so I, it, it's a natural progression for me. Um, interesting thing is happening now in science fiction. I, I'm I'm mostly a science fiction reader, mm-hmm. uh, and and then a watcher of of movies. I've kind of been burned by science fiction television, thanks to Battlestar Galactica and Lost. Um, So I have a new policy for sci-fi television shows. That is, I will not watch a show until two conditions have been met. One, the entire show has completed, not just a season, but the entire show has wrapped because I don't want to get involved with things like Firefly ever again. Um, And I I also... I also, the second condition is that someone whose opinion I trust, actually more than one person, but, you know, several people whose opinions I trust have said that that was a satisfactory ending. So I just recently finished things like Breaking Bad. I I didn't watch any of that when it was in its first run because I I didn't want to be disappointed, and and clearly I wasn't. So Fringe is on my list of things to, uh, to pay attention to. I haven't seen it yet. But it's right, it's, right. it's in my queue because everything I have heard thus far has been fantastic. Right now, my wife and I are we're in the middle of watching um, American Horror Story, which you could argue, well, the show's not over. True, but in this particular case, um, every season is self-contained. They basically start over again each season, so that's close enough for me. Uh, I'll, I'll call that good. Now, do you consider do you consider fantasy sci-fi like? Um... Vampire stuff, werewolf stuff, horror, horror types, fantasy, sci-fi, or... Sure. I, I, I take a broad approach to that one. We could get into the nitty-gritty of talking about this because you you mentioned in one breath science fiction, fantasy, urban fantasy, yeah. horror, and paranormal. I Those are all, I all different, <laughs> uh, distinct genres. And I love them all. 
not necessarily all equal, it's fiction fan. And fantasy is going to be at the bottom of the barrel. Although, don't tell anyone, my dirty secret is I've been reading a lot of urban fantasy recently by an author named Shannon McGuire, mm-hmm. which I am pretty sure means I have to turn in my man card because those <laughs> books are written for chicks. But she is so damn talented. I just I just can't stop reading her stuff. Oh, that's funny. So did you ever watch the um, Being Human series? Nope. But didn't they get canceled? Yeah, it, it, the series ended. But I'm not sure if it actually got canceled or if they just decided to end the series. Well, I mean, it was only one season, wasn't it? I mean, it was no, pretty... it was like no, it was actually like three. Really? Wow! Yeah, first, first in my head, it was it, ju- it just came out. But uh, so if if what what did you did you watch it? You know what I did? I watched uh, actually every episode. Yeah. Um, I I kind of fell into it from watching it on the on on the uh, on BBC. It's like oh okay, this is this is actually a really good show. Watch the BBC version of it through its ending. And then ended up watching the American version and kind of fell in love with the characters. And I'm like, I really Mm. like these people. It went through and it is one of the best endings to wrap up a sci-fi fantasy, I guess, horror, if you want to call it that, the horror genre of that that I've ever seen. Awesome. I I will take that into consideration and add it to the list. I was under the impression that it had been it cut short. I don't mind if it's cut short as long as they wrap things up. I just don't want to be left hanging. So I will I will add that to my uh, well, actually, as much as I love you, Vernon, I'm going to ask some other opinions because I want to make sure that my conditions are fully met. I don't want to be going back on my word. (laughs) We'll see what happens. I understand. (laughs) So tying, you know, sci fi and fantasy and and everything into, you know, a social media standpoint do you um when you talk to people that promote things through social media or through podcast mm-hmm. how do you feel about i guess um, podcasts that cover shows like episodic content on shows are you are you into that personally no i'm not into that i but i will qualify that by saying I have helped a couple of different shows get started. When when I was back doing the science fiction podcasting, my, my, my partner and I started something called Farpoint Media, which is still going on today. I, I broke ties with them in 2007, but it's it still continues. And Farpoint Media, we had our two shows, or actually three shows at that time as the base, but then we started collecting other shows and, and even launching additional shows. So my, my whole reason that I kind of got popular in the science and then this in the podcasting world is because we our show slice of sci-fi was part of the save enterprise movement you recall that television Mm -hmm. show yeah which should not have been saved it was terrible but nonetheless the fans really wanted us to do a show about it and so we said okay let's do a show about it my partner didn't hate it so i let him talk and i just kind of moved the conversation around but but after that the firefly podcast got started and there was a lost podcast that got started that that we had some input into into pushing those forward to so i love them because fans Eat that stuff up. You are giving your audience and your own self, if, if you're the podcaster who's producing that and you love that stuff, it's outstanding. It's, it's hobby stuff that everybody loves and you can deeply geek out together. And okay, you may not ever get to 4 million downloads a day and you probably won't have a way to monetize that, but so what? You're spending your time, energy, and effort in the cool things that you want to do. And if you're big into a show, knock yourself out. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting um, field in podcasting to put your stuff into a show because they they end, and if you yeah. don't want your podcast to end or have to find another show to talk about, it's a I guess it's a finite you know thing that you can do. But I, you know, Cliff Cliff Ravenscraft did the uh, the Lost podcast. Did you help with that? Nope. 
no, I was I, I was um, not involved in podcast production outside of Patio Books when Lost was going on. Okay, well, I know I knew that he did a podcast on Lost, not necessarily yeah. the podcast on Lost. Oh, but, there were several. Unless you ask him, and I'm sure he feels <laughs> like his was the podcast on Lost. But you know, you know how that goes. Right, right. So I try to get a tip out of each guest to give people as far as social media, online business, networking. What's what's something that you recommend that people do when they're trying to succeed in podcasting? Specifically to podcasting, you know, we, we, we've covered a lot of ground in this conversation, Vernon, and thanks very much for, for having me, by the way. I, I really do enjoy talking about this because I know I have a, a slightly different angle than a lot of the other people that, that you're talking to out there. So my, my advice I would give to people is is twofold and on the surface, contradictory. So follow with me uh, along here from other people. So the first thing is listen to a lot of stuff. Listen to a lot of podcasts. If you are trying to get into podcasting and you have not done it, or you've only been listening for a couple of weeks, or you've been listening to one show by NPR for the last six years and you want to get into that and all, I will tell you that is not enough. Uh, you need to listen to a lot more. You need to listen outside of the thing you want to do. So if you want to put a podcast together about rain sticks or something equally as inane, you must listen to all of the rain stick podcasts, but you also must listen to the science fiction shows and the NPR news shows and the sports shows and everything else so you can get a good feel of what's going on. So that's part one. Now, the contradictory part of this is, and then promptly ignore everything. You're not trying to replicate somebody else's show. You're not trying to be yet another one of those. You have to have your own thing. By all means, borrow the pieces, the parts that are actually working. I don't even mind all that much if you take someone's format, intro for about 60 seconds, and then a five-minute get-to-know-each-other, and then a 10-minute segment. and then I don't care. If you find the formula that you think works with you, go ahead and borrow that. But the content must be uniquely you and the things that you are into. No amount of listening to other stuff will help you figure out how to make unique content. It might make you learn how to create content that sounds great, but the actual meat of that has to come from you. So listen to as many things as you can and then promptly ignore it. <laughs> that is awesome. So, okay, two questions, and I know we got to wrap up real quick. What's the one sci-fi thing? If I had to read one sci-fi audio book to kind of break up my business book consumption thing that I've been doing way too much of here lately, what's the one book I should listen to? Man, you're going to put me on the spot. Um, let's see. No offense to any of the other authors that are out there listening right now, but there has been there's a, a new author on patiobooks.com that has really captured my attention because not only is he a fantastic author uh, and not only is he a fantastic narrator, but he also does an incredible job of painting an aural landscape underneath it, the score behind the audiobook. Um, and that book is called Tincture, T-I-N-C-T-U-R-E, by Matthew Jordan. And it's a great post-apocalyptic tale that um, even if you're not into those things, just listen. Just listen. It's, it sounds great. Interesting. Interesting. So did you uh, did you see the movie The Road? Yeah, it's very road reminiscent. The Road movie wasn't all that great. The book The Road by Cormac McCarthy is... Yeah, the book was oh awesome. Oh my God. Oh. The movie wow. made me sad, but the book was awesome in, in a number of different ways. But <laughs> The movie? Yeah, the movie was. I didn't like the movie at all. Yeah, it was. It it made me sad in many ways. 
<laughs> and I'll tell you, the book, I mean, you've read the book. The book will make yeah. you sad too, people. It, 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 there, there is no happy, well, there's no happy. I mean, anywhere, yeah. not middle, not beginning, not end. There's nothing happy about it. It's, 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 it is awesome in and of itself, though. Yeah, they tried to do that with the movie and sort of achieved it, but the book will make you cry and just want yes. to give up on life. Kind of <laughs> like The Walking Dead, where you just... You just have to just turn the TV off and go to bed after some of the episodes. So I, I don't know if you're into The Walking Dead, but I'm waiting for The Walking Dead to end. So and then I'm adding a third um, stipulation on this one is I want a friend of mine who I trust who's enjoying the show to suggest to me only the episodes I should watch. Skip the boring dead ones, which I think is the entire second season. That's when it lost me. Right, right. And so for everybody uh, from Podcast Movement that's listening to this, this last question, and then. We'll, ha- we'll go ahead and say goodbye. So if you have $500 in a laptop, <laughs> I'm just, I'm poking fun at John Lee Dumas. That's, ah. <laughs> that's all. That's his, that's his $500 in a laptop question. In a, in a planet that was exactly like Earth, you had all your resources. <laughs> it's, I love, I love, absolutely love John Lee Dumas. He's one of my favorite just people on this planet. <laughs> and I like his podcast. So I just figured I'd poke some fun at him. Right, right, right. Well, Eva, hey, I appreciate uh, all your time and really did enjoy enjoy your keynote actually it was one of the i think between you and chris brogan that was the i enjoyed it the most i got the most out of it so thank you for your time and thanks for being so generous for to the audience and i know i'm a little random but that's just kind of i do it how my mind works hey random is a good thing no one ever said that was a bad idea either vernon thank you very much for the opportunity to speak with you and your audience um we'll do it again sometime hey i appreciate it thanks a lot man cheers bye-bye okay guys that was an amazing episode with evil terra from Big Bounce and PatioBooks.com. You guys should definitely make sure to check both of those sites out. Uh, he's doing some crazy serious stuff in the disruption category. So, you know, if you don't know what disruption is, you should check out Evo's website and take a look at Big Bounce. It's a, it's an amazing company, and they're doing some really great things in the co-working space and the startup space. And so if you're into that and you should be paying attention to it as an entrepreneur, uh, Check out Big Bounce. It's it's pretty amazing. So, you know, getting back from podcast movement, it was just an awesome time. I got a chance to reconnect with a lot of people that I hadn't had a chance to see in quite a while, not since New Media Expo. And I also got a chance to meet some pretty cool people in person, finally for the first time. Natalie Sisson, I got a chance to meet her. And she's a lot taller than I thought she was. <laughs> but she is such such a joy to be around, such a nice person, just genuinely awesome. Got a chance to reconnect with Jamie Tardy. That's always fun. John Lee Dumas, got uh, Kate. You know, funny is, is that I don't know Kate's last name. Uh, she's just Kate on fire. Uh, got a chance to see Nick Unsworth, uh, of course, Chris Cerrone, and uh, Lacey Alcori. I think, uh, hopefully, I'm not butchering your last name, Lacey, if you're listening to this. And just a bunch of other people. But what I wanted to do really quickly was talk about the connections, the new connections that I made at Podcast Movement, because it's so valuable to go to these conferences to make those connections. And I'm just going to real quickly name a few people that I spent the most time with. So I met probably, I think, 30 some odd people whose cards and information I actually collected and followed up with. But I've actually got about six people that I spent the most time with. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out. So the first one was really funny and strange. Uh, Michael, Michael Frew. He's from um, he's from Poland, 
So I think he may have been the person that um, came the furthest for podcast movement. And I met Michael in the bathroom. Pretty funny. We we just kind of ran into each other in the bathroom, of course, after we washed our hands and finished our business. And, it, it, you know, it was a good connection. Um, Michael's a great guy. Really funny. And um, yeah, bathroom. The, the the next person was Chandra, and I can't pronounce her last name. It's Alberture. Yeah, it's Alberture. Um, we had breakfast together. I, I went to go get some breakfast after uh, Friday night, and it was just one of those, you know, I'm like, oh my God, my head's killing me. I need some food. She's sitting there. I saw the podcaster's movement badge. I'm like, hey, are you eating by yourself? And she goes, yeah. I was like, hey, let's join each other for breakfast and get to know each other. And that was that uh, really interesting interesting person i'm gonna link up to everybody's website in the show notes that i'm giving a shout out to of course i can't not mention podcast junkies and harry duran it's pleasure finally getting a chance to meet harry really smart guy really on top of it um greg zafalato from i believe weight loss he's created his own product his own weight loss you know fitness type website and brand he's got the marketing in place. He's got the the email. Greg is doing it, and you know it's it's amazing. We both love uh, Grant Cardone, who's a a sales guy. If you don't know who Grant Cardone is, you should look him up. Ten X Method. Uh, Greg was an awesome guy. I spent a lot of time talking to Greg and uh, made a really good friendship there. So I'm looking forward to seeing him. And hopefully some more conferences and just talking online and, you know, just staying in touch. Right after our session, I got a chance to meet this guy named John Ramsteed. And John is an executive coach with a really, really great story. I'm not going to talk about any of it right now, but it's a moving, inspiring story about what you can do when you put your mind to it, despite what's going on with you. I'll just say this. He was a Top Gun pilot. So that's going to be a very, very interesting conversation that we have on the podcast of course i got a chance to meet the ringer guy tim sinclair interesting technology over a hundred thousand dollars invested in bringing this app to market and making it live so hopefully you guys signed up for his beta if not i'll probably link to that also in the show notes but uh interesting technology being able to record a podcast from your phone to someone else's phone it's just awesome and the sound quality from the demo was pretty crazy of course, I can't leave out Mano. I know a, a lot of you guys met Mano Behera. Hopefully, I'm not butchering. I'm bad with last names, especially if they're complicated. Smith and stuff like that I can get. But Mano's a great guy. Um, into niche marketing. Didn't have a chance to have really long conversations, but we did talk a lot. So we had a lot of those little single-serving you know, a couple minute conversations after keynotes and sessions and stuff like that. Of course, I can't leave out Deacon Hayes from Well Kept Wallet. You guys definitely check out Deacon's website. You got to get your money together. He gave me some really good tips and hooked me up with his VA for doing my show notes. So um, I may be incorporating that for this episode. We'll see. I'm trying to let that go to uh, stop doing the small things and work on the things that actually move me forward quicker. I got that tip from James Shramko, so I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Shay Harms. Shay is the person that introduced us for our session on bringing A-list guests on your show and getting awesome guests for your show, along with a panel that I was on stage with, of course, uh, Christina Cantors, the wonderful Christina Cantors, James Kinson, Ellery Wells, and, of course, Chris Cerrone. 
It was awesome being up there on the stage with those guys and going back and forth and answering questions. I love the yes-no paddles that James and Christina came up with and Christina's glittery, shiny hats that we wore for a little bit. <laughs> Everything didn't go the way we wanted. We were going to come in a Congo line or some type of something, and we're going to have somebody rap at the end. It was it was still an awesome panel, and I love the fact that we got a chance to sit there and just answer questions. And last but not least, my buddy, Nida Cosme from The Exponential U. She's going to be launching soon. You guys should check her out. She's a wonderful personality and just a great person to you know meet and know. And, of course, I got a chance to um, hang out with Michael O'Neill and Laura Lost from Solopreneur Hour. Just a blast. Seeing everyone, catching up with everyone. I had so much fun at Podcasters Movement, and I can't stress to you guys enough. Make sure to get out to events. It's so valuable, and the connections that you make at those events – they could last a lifetime and bring you new business. And you're going to get inspiration from meeting new people, seeing what they're doing, getting their stories and incorporating what they're doing into your own thing. And not, you know, like taken from them, but just the, the energy that you get from meeting other people that are passionate about the same things that you that you're passionate about. It was really, really great trip. I mean, just short two day, you know, over the weekend. But it was an awesome time, and like I said, I got a chance to meet some really wonderful people. So shout-outs to everyone. I just cannot go into everyone that I met, but I wanted to talk about the people that I spent the absolute most time with. So these are the people that I spent the most time with. Of course, I think I may have left out Amy Smithauer. I don't know how I could leave Amy out, but I finally got a chance to meet Amy in person, <laughs> which, again, was awesome. So, all right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, keep leaving those ratings and reviews on iTunes and on Stitcher. I actually got a shout-out from Stitcher on Twitter. So thanks a lot, Stitcher Radio, for the shout-out on the uh, on the web there. That really helped the do that day's numbers. And, uh, yeah, guys, so just leave some, leave some ratings and reviews. That helps the show get in front of more earballs. And I, I heard that from somebody, but I, I can't remember who said it. But we got to get the show out in front of more people so that they can also take advantage of listening to some of this knowledge like Evo dropped on us today. So again, Evo, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. And with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead, get out of here, and I will see you in the next episode.